is 1.37 p.m. Stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture, style, music, and sports. Alex, I appreciate you taking some time and, uh, and stopping by to chat. Um, we're going to put this conversation out. This will be broadcast on my, my feed uh, for 1.37 p.m., which is aptly titled, Huh? And my hope is that when you listen to these conversations, it gives you some form of, huh, or huh. You know, I think there's like a million ways you can kind of phrase, huh, and uh, all kind of means different things. So it incites some curiosity in individuals. We, we met over Twitter, like many people do nowadays. Um, your handle on Twitter is at SillyTuna. And we were going back and forth briefly on uh, a lot of kind of the environmental conversation that's come about over the last two weeks, um, briefly. And and you had some some thoughts and kind of laid out this tweet storm. Um, and I'd love to just start right right there, right on on that topic of um, the environmental impact of blockchain technologies we can bubble it down to what i believe has been more of the ethereum based conversation but i think in general now all of a sudden there's buzziness around it's bad for the environment down with blockchain thoughts yeah i think what we've come up against is we work in an area blocked the blockchain space which is immensely complicated and with a lot of nuance and where even very smart technologists I know over the past you know, nearly 10 years that I've been doing this have found it impossible to understand. And I think in fairness to everyone coming in, there is no chance that they can come in and understand all the details. So when they hear something about um, NFTs or blockchain or Bitcoin or Ether is bad for the environment, like it is actually true to an extent. The problem is that there's a lot of detail to that. And it's quite hard to understand that detail unless you are prepared to sit and listen to it. And if you aren't prepared to sit and listen to it, then you're going to get it wrong. And unfortunately, a lot of people have got it wrong and they've been using it as a way to bash NFTs and unfortunately to bash artists. And it's, it's the latter that I have a problem with because these are human beings. They're people, they're creative people, so they can be quite sensitive. And it's just, it's always, bashing people like that is wrong anyway. It's, it's bullying. So the reason I wrote a tweet storm was because I'd written some Medium articles and I realized that you know, I write long form articles. It's hard to do this in short form. And I tend to write in quite a lengthy style. I thought the better thing to do is to summarize this in a tweet storm. And that can be retweeted and shared as often as people want. Uh, and it turned out to be quite a good idea because people did share it. And it, I got a lot of personal messages, direct messages from artists thanking me for either educating them, in which case I sometimes carried on the conversation, or for helping them when they were sharing information with other people. And the point of the tweet storm, really, what I was trying to get through was, this is actually a really complicated topic. And the first thing to do is to engage your brain and stop just listening to a number and assuming it's all correct. Because frankly, you're just repeating misinformation. And we've got enough of that in the world right now. The last thing we need is yet more people getting things wrong. So let's just calm down, understand the problems, because there are problems, like there genuinely are problems. Mm -hmm. Understand what people are talking about. And also understand how artists can choose to deal with it, which you know there are various ways they can choose to deal with it. And when we do that, we can find solutions and we can be happy and smiley and actually we can do good things for the environment. 
So that's what I was trying to do was just, you know, instead of me doing my normal, I'm just going to argue with some random internet person. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, let's be more sensible and educate. Yeah. People that don't want to be educated, can't do anything about them. Met one of them this morning. People who want to understand, let's help them. Yeah. How, one thing when environmental impact comes up for, for me personally, what I always attempt to do is quantify it or or arguments or when I feel when I feel myself getting a, a keen bias, maybe I try to take a step back and, and per, put it into a perspective of other things that I am using, right? Plastic water bottle, um, you know, how many Poland springs do you buy? And, and, you know, does that end up in the recycling or stuff like that? I, I always try and say, you know, people on a soapbox and, and environmental impact can be a very buzzy word. So something like you don't really understand blockchain, you don't really understand environmental impact, but you want to get mad at something and like you see it like you're saying, and then you're just like, like that. Yeah, I'm missing. We're going. You don't really even know if it's right information or wrong information. Do you go through that much? Like, can you single out because you've now mentioned just in your opening of there are issues there are problems i think one thing that i do maybe to a fault is say yes there are issues yes there are problems but there's also all of these other problems and so to just pick and nag on one thing when you are a contributor to another problem is the worst i believe give me so, a little bit on, on that so there's a danger here we start going into whataboutism which is yeah, this is bad, but what about that? And like, that is true. And I, you know, we all will do that a bit and it's perfectly legitimate, especially when you look at, as someone points out to me, jewelry, which is frankly terrible for the environment, like really, and not just the environment, but uh, you know, from a sociological point of view and economic point of view, it's, it's really awful how mining works. But I think we do have to, one, accept that Proof of work, which is actually the problem here. It's like an aspect of block to certain blockchains that is it is genuinely bad for the environment. And no amount of using renewables fixes that. Like that's I hear that too much. Um, and we'll come into that later. Mm. But two, um, unfortunately, the world in the world that we live in, the blame for the environmental issues has almost been pushed to consumers, which is all of us. Um, and there are things that we can do, and there are things that we should do. But at the same time, the vast majority of the pollution is done by large corporations and manufacturing, uh, by governments not dealing with plastic recycling properly or, or allowing too much plastic to be manufactured. And you know, I can tell you, the corporations have worked very, very hard to make sure that consumers get the blame. The fact is, one individual consumer is not going to do very much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's regulations that work, uh, good regulations, I should say. Mm-hmm. It, is, um, it is removing uh, funding for polluting energy sources and other pollutants. They are massively well-funded and massively well-invested. It is adding funding and investment to green technologies, um, which can be, you know, people are worried about how much it costs to go green. Actually, it can be extremely beneficial economically to be investing in green technologies, far more beneficial than investing in or spending money on polluting technologies. This is a complete myth that um, this is gonna cost us a lot of money in that sense. It it will cost in different ways, but, so, the, so my point is that, yes, there are things we can look at in our own lives about how we're using energy. 
But the truth is that both this and the attack on artists in terms of like NFT usage, regardless of whether it's right or wrong, it's really looking here and we should be looking over there. Like that's the problem, not mm. here. It's not you as a consumer that are causing the problem. Um, the problems are caused at a much, much bigger level and we should be looking to change our ecosystems and our industries to, if we want to help the environment. Consumer behavior does play a role, but it's a comparatively small role. It's a bit more relevant to, say, plastic usage, I would say, than energy usage. Mm -hmm. you know, we can do mm -hmm. some things about that. But with energy usage, there's not a lot we can do as consumers in reality. Yeah, it's two, two things come to my mind, and I don't want to get too far off track because I, I know that there's a lot of education I think you can bring because I do it myself, and I'm, I'm admitting this, in the sense of, like, Nike as a big, big, big corporation has a lot of power to do certain things and how their goods are made and all that's happening in, in China and what have you. I, if someone is wearing Nike clothing and comes up and says blockchain is bad for the environment, I say, well, okay, yet you decide to wear Nike. And I think what you're saying is we've been conditioned to blame on the consumer rather than go to the corporation. I also, my mother's Danish. And if you go to a supermarket in Denmark, the way that they package their goods compared to an American supermarket, you go to the supermarket in America and you have like two bags of plastic trash just to get your things into the refrigerator. Whereas in like Denmark, it's all decomposed, you know, and again, I'm not educated enough to know that there might be bad economic stuff on the back end there. But to your point, it's built in on the top at the industry and regulation level. Do I'm, I'm trying to connect some dots here, but I feel that there's almost this smash incoming between decentralization, blockchain, proof of work technology and capitalism, because they both need each other. Yet, they're almost mag magnetic forces that will continue to bounce off of each other does that make sense to you and can you give a little color to that yeah i mean it's the very complicated forces that work with this i mean in terms of what you were saying about nike that and supermarkets absolutely true um that is where if you want to change the environment forget about anything to do with blockchain you want to change the environment those are the things that need changing those are the things that will make a material tangible significant difference to the world to pollution to energy usage that is where all the effort should be. Bringing it back to blockchain and proof of work and what you were just saying, um, there are things we can talk about. There are things we should talk about. And um, yeah, we can go into a little bit more of that in, in this conversation. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, what we're talking about is individual artists are being told, and my friend was told this this morning, mm -hmm. that they are burning down trees. Yeah. And they don't care about the environment. That is factually incorrect and it's also a really horrible thing to say to someone and it is the very worst way to do environmentalism mm -hmm. the worst way so anyone who says that i do not i they are not an environmentalist i'm not saying they don't care about the environment mm -hmm. i'm sure they do but they're not an environmentalist they're not doing environmentalism they are bullying they are they, they are not telling the truth whether they know it or not yeah but they're not achieving anything and the most important thing here is how do we do good for the environment. We don't do good by, in, for the environment by blaming individuals, ever. That is that simple. Mm -hmm. Blockchain or not. 
Yeah, I it, what is coming to my mind and what I'm thinking through when you say this, because I've seen it and now I'm like, oh, it's kind of unclicking in my brain. The because I've seen artists that are saying, I want to get into NFT, but I also want to uh, I want to think through how I'm doing it in a way that doesn't negatively impact the environment. And then where then my head goes next is, OK, someone is going to create some quasi blockchain, some quarter based use of blockchain, some half ass technology claim it doesn't impact as badly to kind of be the light that the bugs go to and actually it's not doing anything different or use utilizing the technology that is you know an advancement in in tech for the artists themselves so they're actually in trying to be told you're doing better by doing over here they're not actually accomplishing what they were looking to do in the first place yeah, so I think there's some things we need to get straight first, because um, I did a clubhouse the other day and I noticed everyone else making all the same mistakes, which are acting as if this is a problem. So we need to actually express what the problem is, not what it isn't. NFTs do not pollute the environment. NFTs do not cause carbon emissions. NFTs do not use decades of energy. Ab like Categorically, it is just not true. Mm -hmm. It is a misunderstanding of the technology, a very understandable one. So a few, just a few facts for anyone who's sort of listening and however you write this up. Firstly, there's only one major NFT blockchain, Ethereum, which, which uses proof of work. And proof of work doesn't matter what it does. The fact is that it uses a lot of energy as its fuel. So if you're minting an NFT on Ethereum, although your NFT doesn't use energy, you're sitting on a platform that does. If you mint an NFT on a non-Ethereum platform, 99% of the time, because there are lots of platforms, you're not doing anything whatsoever to the environment in any way, shape or form, as in the, the platforms itself is not damaging the environment. It's, it just isn't because they work mm -hmm. in a different way. Mm -hmm. So when you hear NFTs are bad for the environment, first thing is they're talking about Ethereum NFTs. Second thing is what they mean is the platform is using energy that is excessive. Mm -hmm. And it's a quite an important difference. Um, so I can, I can explain what I mean by the platform uses energy, but NFT doesn't. Yeah. Um, so I'll try I, and express that as briefly yeah, as I can. I, I would like to. that. I would like that. And, and there's an underlying of, to, to your point, like the bullying of individuals doing nothing, which can also be the same as doing what you were going to do, but elsewhere so that you're not a part of that isn't a solve. No, it doesn't. So if you, the way Ethereum works is it has a certain number of things it can do a second. I think it's about 12. Um, if you buy an NFT or you mint an NFT or you send it to someone, that is a thing. We call it a transaction. Mm -hmm. It can do 12 of those things a second. And that's an awful lot of day. Mm -hmm. But actually, it's and, not And just to quantify overall. that for one second, like that's 12 a second for the entire thing. Yes, <laughs> like like Everything like the world, like the globe, like all yeah. of it. And so, yeah. if you so, are one individual looking to buy something, whether it's a CryptoPunk or claim something for free, that is one of the twelve per second for the entire world. And it can't do any more than that. And way before this NFT craze, those twelve slots, as it were, were already full, and they were already busy. Um, and 10 you, you times say, over. But, 
Yeah, yeah, many times. People say, well, if they're a bit, if they were full, how can it even work? Because it's already full. The way it works is it's like passengers waiting at a train station to get on a train. The passengers who wave the most banknotes in the air get allowed on the train and everyone else has to wait. A lot of the passengers go home because they, they know they're never going to get on the train or it's going to cost way too much. It's cheaper for them to walk. Mm. Other passengers will wait a bit longer. They'll pay slightly less. Now, if we removed all NFTs from Ethereum, it would make no tangible difference to how many people get on that train because it's only like a, a few percent anyway of mm -hmm. the, all the Ethereum projects. Mm -hmm. And if there aren't NFTs, someone else will replace those transactions with something else because yeah, a bit it's more, like the bottom 25% of the slightly. line, even if the bottom 20% of the line doesn't get on the train, the train's still full and it's taken off the track. Yeah. And, and in fact, we're not going to reach a point where all of a sudden there's a free spot on the train. Yeah. And in fact, even if all the slots were empty, um, although the, the energy use would go down, it would go down gradually and it, it doesn't go to zero or anything like that anyway. Mm -hmm. So if you don't mint an NFT, if you do mint an NFT, it makes, and there is a bit of nuance, so I'm going to ignore the nuance here. Mm -hmm. It makes no difference at all to the environment. It makes no difference at all to Ethereum. Um, what, but what it is understandable for artists is if you do use Ethereum, you are accepting that that platform is using energy today. It won't in the next year or two, that has mm -hmm. been fixed. But today you are accepting that. And I think it's completely reasonable for an artist to do one of two things. Look to put some money into um, some kind of carbon capture or carbon credits or some, you know, some, some environmental cause, just mm -hmm. a fraction of your income. I think mm -hmm. that's a very sensible, very reasonable approach. And you could choose not to mint on Ethereum and to mint to one of the other chains. Um, my concern for artists is that they are unprepared for the pitfalls of that. Mm. There are good, there are pros and cons, and it's a long conversation and not actually very easy to explain. But there is a reason why Ethereum is popular. It can be summarized by it has a really fantastic, super huge community with a lot of projects, and it will be here for many, many years. If you mint on another platform, there is no other platform that has anything, even not even 5% of what Ethereum has. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't exist. Now, it doesn't mean that they won't get better, but if you go on another platform, your artwork is sort of edging towards you're on a private platform at that point. It's kind of and like... It might not um, exist in a few years. Yeah, it's kind of like you don't like Apple, so you're going to go find the other cell phone and you're going to be on it. Your, your text isn't going to be green. It's going to be like orange or red and people are just going to not text you to kind of summarize right like they'll like there's these people that are anti-apple you know and then they go and like mess around over here and there and realize like everyone's still on apple why aren't people joining me and so it might just be easier for me to be on apple and then do some things outside of that to help the causes that i'm trying to help anyway yeah, I mean, it is, as I said, it is a complicated area and I, I don't think there's anything at all wrong with artists choosing to go elsewhere. Mm -hmm. But I think they, they do need to be aware that there are trade-offs and the trade-offs are not going to be obvious to them today. But in two years' time, three years' time, if everyone else is on Ethereum and that the, where they went is not being used anymore, then their artwork isn't lasting forever. Whereas on Ethereum, in some form or other, it will last forever mm -hmm. in some form. Yep. And I, I think that it just needs, people just need to understand that. But it's early days, and I think it can. It's, I said it's. I think artists just need those options, and that, yeah. that's that's my that's what I say to people. And Someone's saying to you, "Your NFTs use energy." Even if you don't accept my explanation of why they don't, and they don't, mm -hmm. um, 
you can just not use Ethereum. You take other trade-offs, but then at least you remove the energy one from the equation and yeah, it's job you, done. And it's, it's a bit almost, I don't know if it's selfish. I'm trying to think about it the right way because it's almost like, I don't know, four people are bullying someone over there and you walk down the hall the other way and just say, all right, well, I'm not bullying them. So I'm going to act like it doesn't exist. Isn't solving the bullying issue. And I don't mean to bring, no. I'm not saying about the bullying of artists. I'm talking about the, uh, the, if, if you're not doing something because you want to really help, well, just not being a part of it doesn't necessarily help because to your point that it is happening and it is going to happen. Yeah. And so, you know, I said, you're not doing anything positive or negative in the environment. All you are actually doing is saying, I'm not going to support a project that is currently bad for the environment. Mm -hmm. But I have, I think there's important things about that as well. The reason that Ethereum does use a lot of energy uh, is because it is an old project. Uh, but it goes back to like 2015 uh, when it was, yeah, in fact, about, yeah, 2015. Now, in order to change from its current system, which uses energy as fuel, to a new system, which doesn't, Ethereum is basically doing, having to do, or Ethereum developers, who are all public, it's a community-run project, it is not a corporation, everything is completely transparent, I've seen many accusations that say this is not transparent. Mm -hmm. Just go to Google and type Ethereum 2. Mm -hmm. Everything is completely public. Um, those developers have been spending years inventing new technology because this has never been done before and it is incredibly difficult to change Ethereum to a system which provides many, many advantages, not least lowers the costs by huge amounts mm -hmm. and is better for the well, and removes all the environmental issues completely. Mm -hmm but it's taking a long time. All of us in the Ethereum space last year were getting really frustrated at how long it was taking. This has nothing to do with NFTs. There's a whole record, there's months and months or years of records of this. Uh, and what we've, what we've managed to get in November, December last year was the first part of the new version of Ethereum, Ethereum 2, mm -hmm. called the Beacon Chain, which is the first movement to a different way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And over the next year or two, possibly sooner I found out actually, um, we will move completely to this new system. Now, you could argue that, well, I've seen, I've seen one argument that, is, that I need to put right first, which is some people think that because Ethereum is running on proof of stake, sorry, because Ethereum is running on proof of work, yep. that it's benefiting from it, and it's a good thing. And by supporting Ethereum, we're supporting proof of work. That is completely the opposite of the truth. The more people use Ethereum, the worse it is for us to stay with this terrible proof of work platform that we've got because it's more expensive it's slower it's frustrating to use there's i mean there are so many issues with it they're in my tweet storm mm -hmm. there are yeah. so many issues with it so actually by not using ethereum you remove some pressure to move off proof of work by using ethereum you're supporting moving mm. off proof of work it's the mm. complete opposite um so that's an important consideration yeah um yeah you're actually removing is, pressure from the system to allow it to just keep going on as is yeah so we are desperate to move off proof of work because proof of work, whatever this thing is, is actually the, the problem that hurts the environment and it hurts Ethereum in many ways. The only beneficiaries of this, of the way we work are something called miners. And miners essentially provide a service that keeps Ethereum running. We can remove them from the system uh, and we also benefit every other Ethereum user at the same time. It's nothing against miners, but we don't need them anymore. Mm. Uh, so uh, and got, that so inherently no is 
to kind of just layman's terms it proof of work is what is currently the proof of work um, uh, foundation or infrastructure have you paired with the miners is what is allowing um, pure um, pretty much transparency and security correct yeah I mean, you can think of it like it's the it's the tracks that we're on. Yeah. So there, there are people that have to you know, manage the tracks and Ethereum has to run on those tracks. And without those tracks, it couldn't work. Mm -hmm. And we're built on, it's just the technology it keeps called it, something called proof of work. And what and is miners, then... Miners are, the work, miners are the people who provide the work that allows this thing, Ethereum, to actually function. We can replace them with something else. There's another, another thing we can replace them with. As it happens, by replacing them, we actually get an awful, awful lot of benefits for all the users of Ethereum. Mm -hmm. uh, not just the environment, but there's endless other benefits. Because well. those miners but, are what are yeah. competing to get onto the train. And the, the most powerful ones, that's what's sucking the energy. So are, are you saying that Ethereum 2 doesn't use proof of work and miners? Ethereum 2 doesn't use proof of work and it doesn't use miners. It has something called validators. But from a, an environmental point of view, the important thing is this. Um, Ethereum currently uh, requires an energy as a fuel to actually for it to run. So it's, it's, it's using energy just to operate. Um, Ethereum 2 and all, almost all modern blockchains, and by modern I mean the last three or four years, not just last year, mm -hmm. almost all modern blockchains use alternative, alternative systems that do not use power as fuel. So the problem that people have with Ethereum and NFTs disappears instantly. Now, the reason that Ethereum hasn't moved to those systems is because those systems have a lot of trade-offs again. And Ethereum is trying to be, be a really, really good system and has to actually have a migration from its old system to this new one. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very complicated process. It is genuinely rocket science. It is that complicated. It is mm. really, really complicated maths. Mm -hmm. And it is leading edge academic work that allows it to, to operate. So it's not like we're, we're writing Microsoft Windows or here or an iPhone. Yeah. We are inventing new techniques, new mathematics, new software, new economics. It is tremendously difficult. Mm. Now, the really important thing here, which again, people haven't understood is we have to be supportive of Ethereum doing this. Yes, we should throw it as quickly as we can, but we can't mess it up. Bitcoin, mm -hmm. which uses, I think it's four times as much energy as Ethereum, and Dogecoin and Litecoin are the three old popular blockchains. They are not NFT blockchains. Mm -hmm. All three of those, as far as I'm aware, because I haven't checked very recently, but all three of those, as far as I'm aware, are proof of work and have no intention to change. Certainly Bitcoin doesn't. Mm -hmm. That means they are going to continue, particularly Bitcoin, using vast amounts of energy indefinitely. That is not, not sustainable and it is not defensible. If if Ethereum can move to a new system. You said not, not. You said sorry, that is it's, not. It's, it's not. It's not sustainable mm -hmm. and it's not defensible. Mm -hmm. So Understood. it's not sustainable because it's going to suck loads of energy away from other people. Mm -hmm. Whether it's eco-friendly energy or not, you're still stealing it from someone else essentially mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. taking it away from somewhere else. And it is not defensible because if Ethereum proves that you can change a major blockchain from using lots of energy as fuel to not using lots of energy. Then how are they not doing it themselves? Yeah, they can't, they can no longer defend it. Right now, I can understand why they won't want to change. We have to show with Ethereum that we can go from 
we can go to this new position and it works and it provides lots of benefits, including to the environment, but others too, then they are absolutely cannot defend that position. And that's important because governments and companies will be able to pressure Bitcoin developers mm-hmm. or Bitcoin users into making this change because we hear about Elon Musk and Tesla buying Bitcoin and Dogecoin or whatever. Now, what if in a year's time or 18 months time, Ethereum has moved to proof of stake? So Ethereum has changed to a non to an environmentally friendly mechanic. People will be on at Tesla. Why are you still owning Bitcoin? Because it's really bad for the environment. This goes against your very yeah. ethos. Yeah. Why aren't you what, like Ethereum? Like buy Ethereum or one of these other ones or Polkadot or these other blockchains. Why isn't Bitcoin changing? This is not. This, this isn't going to work. There will be pressure, without any doubt, put upon companies who want to have cryptocurrencies as investments or as holdings, to not hold any inefficient energy using blockchains. But we need to, for them to even consider changing realistically. We need to show that Ethereum has managed to make the change successfully. Mm. So we have to be positive about Ethereum because the much bigger energy users need to see Ethereum make that change. Mm-hmm. And this is something that people are not talking about. And actually, they should be. It's- when it comes to taking it back to artists, this is why when people are having a go at artists, they're missing the big picture. And the big picture was what actually will help the environment. Yeah, it's... It's... Uh... It's like I think about the Spider-Man meme a lot where they're by by telling people they're actually doing bad, they are creating long term more bad. Yeah, I mean, right. basically, if you if, if you're if you're hugely negative about something or, or go really over the top about it, um, it doesn't work from psycho- I did psychology yeah. at university. And you, there were lots of studies that basically say if you try and scare people and you, it's scare tactics, scare tactics just don't do not work. Yeah. Um, but if you're positive and feel good, actually mm-hmm. those those tactics can work. And there are positives that can come out of this. There, I mean, there are definitely good things that have come out of this. People are talking about it. Um, I'm helping some, you know, someone come up with like a carbon capture system where people can say, my smart contract's using this much energy. I want to you know, do a donation to, you know, to a carbon credit system. So there are lots mm-hmm. of the good things that come from this. But just telling people they're wrong and they're burning down the forests it's ro- it's not just technically yeah wrong. it's why it, it, oh yeah it goes back to i i just can't and i'm trying to find the right way to articulate it but again i just when i hear what, what you're talking about is the transparent nature community led initiatives are two things when i hear about web 3.0 blockchain like empowerment of that and then capitalism which is like, we're going to build the biggest house. We are the best house. You should buy our house. You should shop with us. We're better than everyone. We make the best product. But don't ask all these questions about what we could be doing different or better. There's this, um, I, I feel like people are going to get caught. And you're the first person that I've really heard the Tesla thing. What I've been stuck on a bit is Fortnite and Apple. Epic Games and Apple, Tim Sweeney and Apple. And I, both two companies that are near and dear to my heart. Apple, I, you know, grew up watching all Steve Jobs' keynotes. I remember clear as day where I was sitting when I first heard about the first iPhone. I used to read Mac rumors religiously. It kind of opened my mind to like, I, I don't believe, I, I, it's why I'm sitting here talking to you today. And Epic Games and what Fortnite did in the gaming world i just think 
introduced helped people understand a bit of like a metaverse and ip on top of other ip and things talking to each other and now tim sweeney has out against apple for being walled garden bad internet toll you know all this jazz creating their you know not allowing for open source etc and then i sit here and i say okay but it is possible to build a system that would allow me to create a skin and upload it to Fortnite and sell it and make profit. And it is possible to create a system that allows me to buy skins on Fortnite and then sell them on an open marketplace if they are in demand and make money. And so I feel like Tim Sweeney is walking a dangerous line of creating an argument that can be turned right back on his own head and inherently there is where i think these technologies and capitalism are going to have a tough time because to win you actually have to be fully consumer centric and want to work across the aisle with other people and not denounce them for your own benefit and good because you're going to get caught time and time again tesla you just said it their entire ethos Yet they buy Bitcoin and the second every, not everyone, but, but the turning point happens of understanding you're flying in the face of what you're actually trying to accomplish. Well, then where do you go from there? Yeah. I mean, the, it because is there's a financial investment, right? Yeah. Elon yeah. for him, it's a, it's a capitalistic investment. And if, if, if you say it's not, well, then why'd you do it? Because you're counterintuitive to what your mission is. Oh, absolutely. Um, the, the epic one is interesting because it is the argument that's being used against Tim Sweeney because like, well, Fortnite's, Fortnite's a closed platform. And without going into the details of that particular case, mm-hmm. I don't think it's, see, I don't think it's necessarily a, a positive or negative thing around capitalism per se. I think that the danger, and we see this danger in blockchains all the time, the danger is thinking that economics can solve everything. And this does, this is an environmental thing. So um, I hear people defend Bitcoin and Ethereum's energy usage by saying, yeah, but it's exp- energy is expensive. So we, when we're mining this, when we're using the energy, we're looking for the cheapest forms of energy and the cheapest forms of energy are typically renewables or even free energy, which can happen for if there's energy that's just going to waste somewhere, that does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer to that is that's true, but we, one, we have absolutely no way right now of confirming what energy you're using. There are, there is work in mm-hmm. progress on that, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Two, mm-hmm hardly anyone can actually has access to waste energy it's great mm-hmm. where you can use it three there is nothing in the bitcoin um code which says you know you must use waste energy like it's just basically mm-hmm. pure economic mm-hmm. principles it could be coal if that's cheapest um i'm thinking i'm losing track of numbers but now but the the other thing is that if people say using environmental energy um which again from a capitalist point of view yeah let's go for the cheapest energy it could be using solar energy and stuff every every bit of energy you use is coming from somewhere and it's probably someone else's energy. So if I'm using solar energy, well, that energy could have been fed back to the grid mm-hmm. uh, or it could have been coming from the grid and someone else is now having to use coal energy or there's the manufacture of the solar panels. There's the location mm-hmm. I put them up in. If it's hydroelectric, hydroelectric has lots of ecological issues. There's always almost, almost no energy is free. So in the end, you're still using energy and the capitalist part of it basically just because you're going to use it use the cheapest energy in no way says you're not going to be damaging the environment or using energy that was meant for someone else. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't stack up. And 
people have to have to think about it. yet funnily enough there is a capitalist argument for moving away from proof of work because it's really expensive mm-hmm. it uses lots of resources and the people who say are ethereum users or like they will get they will have much cheaper transactions if we move away from this proof of work system that we have and the people who own ether like the currency on ethereum we will be able to make money uh, we, the money that would have gone to miners we will make that so the capitalist in me does not want proof of work at all mm-hmm. i want the money i want to be able to you know what we call stake i could earn revenues so capitalism goes both ways it doesn't say anything pro or con about the environment so you what you just have to understand is those market forces are in place but the thing about blockchain versus say epic or apple is the people who are making it so epic and apple basically are creating are generating revenues and they're generating profit for their shareholders and their, their management teams and so on. If you're making a public blockchain like Ethereum, there may be a charitable foundation, which there is in Ethereum's case, but basically you're talking an open community of developers who have a wide range of political and other beliefs, many of whom will be have very strong feelings on the environment and where all of it is transparent and where it is not about generating money for shareholders or abroad. The entire project is about creating something of utility for its users. If its users do not want to damage the environment, the project will change so it doesn't damage the environment. Now, that is not true of Epic. If Epic, just a, it's not the environmental, but let's say Epic's users wanted to use NFTs, there is nothing to force Epic to use NFTs. Indeed, they may be blocked from doing so by their, their deals with Apple or Sony. Yeah. Yeah. In the blockchain space, if we, want, don't want environment, if we don't want to damage the environment, we will come up with a solution that doesn't damage the environment. There is no financial incentive for us not to do that. So it doesn't work like that. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Really and I think that is why it's tricky because the, what the difference between an epic and a community that puts together some form of blockchain thing, I, those lines are going to continue to blur over the next 50 years. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I think so. Because, I think so to some extent, because blockchains will get, as we saw with Bitcoin, and we see it a bit with Ethereum, they, they do get a bit defensive about trying to keep their market. But I still say that the community of users and the community of developers will work together to make it what those users want. The danger with having miners, which is what the proof of work system uses, mm-hmm. is they actually are often doing things that the community of users don't want. Getting miners out of these systems will allow us to do more positive things that work for everyone. Miners mm-hmm. are actually antagonistic. It's nothing against them. It's their business. Mm-hmm. Again, that's the capitalist bit. Their business, yeah. their business incentives are not aligned with me as a user or me as an Ethereum holder or me as an Ethereum developer. They're simply not aligned. And we see that all the time. Mm-hmm. By changing these models, we get a more aligned ecosystem uh, where people have to work together and want to work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that again is there are capitalist forces at work which have caused those those lack of that lack of incentive alignment and the actual incentive alignment of users so again this is where blockchains are really complicated there's a lot of economic nuance to them which i don't think i could expect anyone coming into the ecosystem to possibly understand mm-hmm. without a lot of research but it is important at least to understand that these that this is a very complex area with a lot of moving parts mm-hmm. um and, but also, as you say, this is, these are community projects. They are not run by large companies making lots of money. There might yeah. be rich people involved, but they're just members of the community. Yeah, and it's important to remember. I, I think the point you made about the, 
you know, bullying artists off of the use is actually taking pressure off of the end solve. Yeah. It's not being, it's not being self-aware of what you're doing. And that's understandable because it's complicated. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you're saying that and you're not prepared to listen to someone, that's a problem. I've had, unfortunately, you know, even friends of mine say, say to me, well, you're saying this, but where's the proof? And actually, it's not for me to give the proof because it's all there. It's all transparent. It's all public. The people who are, say, people who are putting forward the criticisms that are uninformed and incorrect without doing the research, the burden is on them to prove they are right, not on everyone who's been in this for years who's, who've got all the information, mm -hmm. where it's all published and clear and easy to find. And it is. Not, the burden is not on us. Um, I will happily educate people. But if you, say, if you say to me something that I can Google with one line and you, you're saying you can't do that, you've got the problem, not me. Not me. And you shouldn't be sat there criticizing. Yep. Makes, makes clear sense. And I appreciate, I appreciate you uh, laying that out. I got one last thing for you. Any project or artist, as we've talked a lot about artists, that you are fond of or have unique interest in um, that isn't kind of like well beknownst to kind of give a little love to, to that, that project, that artist and, and put, put, put them on. Um, so uh, I'm actually going to mention that. And I mean, I could promote an artist that I work with. Um, I'm actually not going to, cause uh, like, I mean, I would love to, but I mean, he's called not a person. So there you go. He's a okay. brilliant, brilliant, brilliant artist, not um, a fine person. artist, but does a lot of styles, not a person. Okay. Uh, Google it or find him on Twitter. Uh, I, yep. I, I, I'm, I'm working to promote him, but because this is an environmental discussion, there is a project coming out on the Cosmos Network called Regen Network. I believe it's coming out later this month, uh, be later than late March, or early April. Mm -hmm. It is a project that I put money into a few years ago as an, as an environmental blockchain project, and I fully expected it to fail. Uh, it was a charitable donation from me, even though it was a, you know, an investment. Mm -hmm. um, that has not happened. They have somehow not failed. They, what they have is a tremendous project that actually does address really key problems in the environmental space. It is designed around rewarding um, and supplying money to, like funding to scientific agencies, environmental agencies. It's specifically designed for them. It is designed around monitoring of spaces to make sure that where you know, carbon capture or, or reforestation is supposed to happen, making sure it is happening, which is a really, it's called remote, I think it's remote, not remote signaling, remote detection or something like that, but it's mm -hmm. but basically the observation that what said is being, what people are saying is going to be done is actually being done. There's been a problem in this sector for decades. Mm -hmm. They are actually solving that problem. And they've done a big deal with Microsoft to around carbon credits and carbon capture, a huge deal with Microsoft, in fact. Amazing. And so they are, they're also who I'm talking to about uh, Ethereum projects, being able to do something with them directly to, mm -hmm. you know, promotes um, again um, carbon capture type yeah. uh, resolutions to smart contracts. That project it, it solves a lot of seemingly what you're talking about of like the pr who bear who bears the burden of proof and truth and yeah. allowing that to come to the forefront. Like here, it's right yeah. here. Shows you. It, it's it's genuinely. I, we have to see how it pans out. Uh, I've been pleasantly surprised, I have to say. Um, genuinely is the only project of its type. It is using blockchain technology to solve real problems in the real world. It is designed to benefit 
all the right people, not the wrong people, very, very, very carefully. Mm-hmm. Um, it's they're very good with the technology as well. So it's not just like a hippie project or something like that. They're actually been integral to the Cosmos technology, which is a, I mean, one of the big blockchain projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will probably be one of the you know the the big blockchain projects going forwards. Um, I I don't know. I can't predict yeah. it. Um, but I I think that people will start hearing a lot more about it from April. And I, I I think it's important because I'm also seeing a lot of the criticism of cryptocurrency as this terrible capitalistic thing that is it is inherently bad for the environment and it just isn't true it's just a technology mm. technology can be used for good and ill um, and Always. here's an example of a technology technology that's uh, or of a project using this technology that could be used for huge huge benefit huge mm. benefit mm-hmm. especially in an environment where you know, carbon trading carbon credit trading is basically rubbish it's yeah. not it doesn't really work and they're trying to address that kind of market so yeah so if you're looking at cryptocurrency and blockchains in general there are things we can do. Um, we don't have to be uber capitalistic about it because capitalism doesn't really care about the environment. Mm-hmm. What we can do is we can use some of the same techniques, some economic techniques mixed with working with the right people and some regulations to achieve good things. And when it comes down to it, this entire argument, this entire discussion we've just had, when people are criticizing other artists, when people are criticizing Ethereum or Bitcoin, what are they actually, what, what's the purpose? The purpose is I want to be better for the environment. I want to stop polluting it. I want the cl- climate change to be less problematic. Um, I want it to be, m- I want society to have less issues to have it to deal with as a result of climate change. I'm assuming here you actually accept climate change because if you don't, you're yeah. wrong. Yeah. So, <laughs> let's put that aside. <laughs> yep. um, and if you, so if you, if you want to do good for the environment and climate change, then that should be at the forefront of your thinking. And having a go at artists is not helping the environment. It's doing. It's just making people angry. Mm. That's not right. And making people creating more issues for society to solve. Yeah, it, it really is. And so, the, always have your eye on the end game. The end game is is helping fix this environment. Can what is bad about cryptocurrency and blockchains for the environment? How can we fix it? And hopefully, through this discussion today and my tweets, I've said very openly, I do not believe in proof of work the system that's bad for the environment. I do not believe in it. I know why it exists. It has very, there are very good historical reasons. We do not need it anymore. Give or take a couple of years. Yep. We don't need it. There is no excuse. And we're working um, we should not towards accept it from removing it. Yeah. We should not accept it on any block. If and when Ethereum proves that it can work migrating a major chain to a new system, there is no excuse for people to exist. Yeah. I know there are technical reasons people give. Um, I just think me personally, the, the energy use is so huge, it's, in, it's become indefensible environmentally. Mm. And that's it. That's my view. So I, I am on the side of people that say it's bad for the environment. And I, I, am, I know there are people that disagree with me, um, and that's fine. We can have that discussion. Mm-hmm. But if I'm saying that as an environmentalist, as a blockchain person, I want those artists who are, do find it a problem to listen to me when I say, you need to give this technology two more years to get this right, and you should be supportive of the people doing it and absolutely try and make amends for the damage it is doing in the meantime. But there are much bigger things you should be looking at. Even Ethereum and Bitcoin are tiny compared to industry, absolutely tiny. Blaming Ethereum is not the right thing to do. Yeah. You should be incentivizing making this change and promoting the change. I think that's a good way to wrap it up. I uh, I appreciate you taking the time. I think this is going to be not only good for people to listen to but i think something fun five years from now to look back on and say 
remember when that proof of work you know when when we were in that whole hodgepodge of the energy consumption and this and that and the other thing and there will be another another thing for us to tackle and and dive back into there are many things that people are bashing nfts for and to be honest i think a lot of this is actually problems with this, this idea and energies energy uses is just one hammer that there's the nearest hammer yeah. and i have to say that you know there are issues i i think i just get annoyed that there are issues here that need discussing and it's not the issues that end up being discussed mm-hmm. and we should at least correct that and and the most important thing is that artists are informed like they need to be, understand for themselves and be able to make decisions yeah as i said if you if you don't want to be on Ethereum, I, I disagree with you. You're not helping anything, but at least I can understand it. And at least you have an alternative. Mm-hmm. If you know that, you can at least, if someone says that you're using energy because you're using NFTs, you can reply to them and go, no, I'm not because I'm issuing them on Flow or on Massive or on Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. I appreciate that. Thank you. This is 1.37 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 1.37 p.m. is a Gallery Media Group original production.